from Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. And on today's show, I go solo to reflect on a year of offering pre-orders on my designs. I share what it was like to give up the handwritten notes I love, what I learned from the sizes that were pre-ordered, my focus on pieces rather than collections, and my picks for the holiday. Hello, lovelies. It has been a minute since I recorded one of these solo episodes, and I gotta say, I'm excited for this one. Like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm just sitting down to chat with a friend, which is not always the case with these solo episodes. Sometimes they're, I don't know, a little touchy, but this is not one of those. Um, one of the ways that I actually plan these episodes, fun behind the scenes peek, I guess, is um, I use the notes app on my phone, and just whenever something random pops into my head that I'm like, hmm, that could be something fun to talk about, or that's something that I think we should explore more, um, and that it, I think it would fit well into a solo episode, then I just kind of jot it down. So we're going to go, I feel like we're going to be a little bit random today and cover a couple of different things. Um, But the purpose of this solo episode is kind of an update on what has been happening over the past year. Um, Pesach is actually a really, it's it's a marker for me. It's obviously, it's a marker for everyone. Um, You know, (laughs) the get ready to, uh, be scared by your list of things you said you do after Pesach. I know mine is certainly starting to creep up on me. But either way, I just, you know, specifically for impact, Pesach is such a huge, um, it's, it really is a line in the sand. Um, I mean, when I think back to Pesach 2020, um, obviously that was, you know, our COVID Pesach. And that was the, uh, like over that Pesach, I was seriously, I was not sure if the company was going to make it through the whole pandemic and what we could possibly do with it and how that could even work. And, um, you know, what, no one knew what was going on in the entire world at all. Um, and then cut to Pesach of 2021. And in the run up to that, um, things exploded to a level that I could not have imagined, certainly not a year later a year earlier and um and I I seriously injured myself actually um for anyone who doesn't know or doesn't remember the so a year ago um I launched two very very popular styles one was the foil floral flutter dress which I can now pronounce thank you very much um which was the first print version of um I don't know if it's the snuggle dress might be more popular than the flutter dress now, but definitely among the most popular styles that I've ever made. So the foil floral flutter dress was the first print version of the flutter dress, which is certainly my first, you know, really bestseller. Um, and the purple floral blossom dress. Um, it was the first version of the blossom dress, and those both came out pre Pesach of twenty one, and those were both really popular styles. And to say that I was not expecting that would be the understatement of the century, uh, to say that we were unprepared, um, for what that would mean just like on a physical and logistical level, um, would be the second understatement of the century because, uh, the shipping department, as you very well may know, uh, is me and my little brother, mostly, mostly my little brother at this point. And we just didn't have good systems set up then. Um, we actually had no system set up then. So it was the kind of thing where orders would just come in and we would pack them and we would get out. And when you're 
when you were doing the volume that we were doing beforehand, it worked. And then when we had this explosion of volume, it did not work. Um, under the best of circumstances, I have a bad back. Um, this is left over from my alterations days and just years of not sitting up straight um, or sitting up properly, I should say. Um, and from the hours and hours and hours of standing on my feet and packing orders, which essentially is to do that, you're basically, I was basically just like kind of hunched over a table um, to get everything out. Um, I developed a muscle spasm in my lower back about uh, like actually right we're coming up on the one year anniversary like right now in this like two weeks before Pesach um what happened was I was leaning down to uh, get some strawberries from the lowest shelf in my fridge and which is basically on the floor and I leaned over and I was putting the strawberries back and and something in my lower back just seized and I had to hold on to the fridge door because I like otherwise I would have collapsed onto the floor um I shrieked for my husband who came and um who obviously came and thought I got like stabbed or something and um hobbled back to bed where I stayed flat on my back for a couple of hours until um my physical therapist could see me and literally put me back together um and then I was I I was not allowed to bend over I was not allowed to lean forward for weeks after that um, because what had happened was that my my lower back muscles had seized. And fun fact, when you lean forward, you're putting all of your the weight of your upper body on like two vertebrae, basically. And turns out that when the muscles around those vertebrae are tired, then they collapse and you pinch the nerve and you can't walk. So that was me a year ago. And and it's and it's I can't. I can't wrap my head around the fact that it's been a year because that whole situation um, is what spurred the idea. You know, I spent the entire last Pesach basically thinking about, well, this is not going to work. You know, I can't be injuring myself like this um, and I want to still be able to physically pattern and come up with new designs. So that led to the idea of pre-orders. There was two things actually that spurred pre-orders. One was that I had been getting, I mean, I don't even know how many requests a day for a black flutter dress. Um, and the second was I needed to have an idea of what kind of volume I could expect so that I could budget what I was at the time thinking of as my back hours. There was a literal, I had a budget, like I had a a limited number of hours a day that I could be on my feet. So if there was a certain number of orders that needed to get packed and I knew that it would take me a certain number of orders, then I, then I knew, you know, how much time I could spend like standing, making supper or just standing, doing anything, um, or standing patterning or standing, I don't know, just standing. So that's what led me to this idea of pre-orders um and we're a year later which wow like I've spent all day thinking about that and and it's I think it's still going to take me some time to wrap my head around that because I was actually just talking about this with someone the other the other day that I'm the kind of person who pushes through you know, I am a workaholic in the worst and best sense of that word. Um, and I and it doesn't just apply to my work. It applies to a lot of other areas of my life. And I am someone who, if the problem can be solved, if I just work a little harder or stay up a little longer or sleep a little less or become just a little bit more efficient, then that's how I'm going to try and solve that problem as opposed to, 
kind of staking, taking a step back and evaluating the situation and going, is this sustainable? Is this something that I should be trying to push through? Is this something that deserves all my energy? Um, can my energy be better spent elsewhere? Am I, am I doing a worse job by just putting my head down and trying to push through this? Um, and I certainly do not have the answers on that front on any level. Um, I think that that's something that is that that's going to be, I think my, my lifelong balancing is, is where do we find, you know, when do we need to, you know, put our heads down and deal with it, you know, suck it up and deal with it. And when is it worth it? And when do we need to reevaluate? And when do we need to see is my, is my energy being spent well here? Is my, is my effort being spent well here? What, what else in my life am I sacrificing by giving my energy to this? Because see, the thing for me that I hate about that is that you fundamentally need to acknowledge that you can't be everywhere at once, which is just not something that I'm good at doing. I would prefer to be everywhere at once. I think that most of the time I'm good at being more than one place at, at a time. Um, but that's not the way physics works. Um, and it's so hard for me to acknowledge those limitations. It really is. It's really, really hard for me to do that. And sometimes I'm better at it than others. And starting pre-orders was one of those, I kind of want to say that it was a time when I was better at it, but also I was flat on my back and I couldn't move. So probably not. Um, but I am proud of myself for coming up with a system that worked going forward. I also am really proud of the fact that the pre-order system is sustainable in a, um, like in a environmental sense, um, we have a lot, we keep a lot less inventory on hand or a lot less extra inventory, I should say, um, produce a lot less extra, um, which contributes a lot less to the waste, um, that fashion, you know, is a part of, I understand that like obviously impact is a very small company in this grand scope of things. And, um, but I do think that everyone needs to do their part when it comes to the planet in that way. So yeah, the fact that, you know, the production is able to be that much more efficient, really is um you know that that's something that I'm I'm proud of you know I don't think that I think that small companies do have a role to play in the way that we operate to be mindful of the impact that we're having on the planet but I also know that it's not even a drop in the bucket it's a drop of a drop in an ocean um but I'm I'm happy to do my drop so pre-orders are also really great for that <laughs> thinking back to times when we need to be a little just more mindful self-aware I don't know of our limitations I will say one one place that I did get this right um within the last couple of weeks no about two months ago actually um I stopped putting handwritten notes in all of the orders and I want to address it because it makes me really sad it really does um when, okay, when you place an order, every single time an order is placed, I get a notification on my phone. And every single one, it's, I cannot describe what that feeling is because to me, that order is not only a step forward for the business, but to me, every order is some woman somewhere taking a moment 
and choosing to respect herself exactly where she is at that moment. And that's irrelevant, by the way, of the size that's ordered. You know, that's irrelevant of what they've chosen to order. Um, What we wear is really personal. What we put in our closet, what we put on our bodies is really personal and really transformational. And being a part of your wardrobes in that way is really meaningful. It, It really is. And See, I did not set out to be a businesswoman. I just wanted to make pretty clothes. Um, And I specifically wanted to make pretty clothes for people who dress like me Um, and for people who feel like me, like fashion in general. And But fashion in general didn't ignore the modest side of me and modest fashion ignored the size of me, like the body size of me. And again, I'm not a plus size. But I just felt like there was such a, there's such a power in taking the time to purchase something for yourself and then going and trying it on and running it by your friends or your mom or your sisters or whoever and and that whole that whole process that I know I go through every time I buy something new that you know each every box that goes out is is like really the beginning of a journey in that way and this sounds so corny but I mean it. So whatever, we'll just be corny. Um, you're stuck with me. So that, that was all really is, was, is, remains really, really, really meaningful to me. And I wanted to express that. I still want to express that. And the way that I did that was with handwritten notes in every order. Just, just thanking you for trusting me with your wardrobe, um, for choosing my designs, for taking the time to prioritize yourself in that little way. Um, obviously there, you know, (laughs) it became impractical a while ago. I'm not sure exactly how long ago, but a a very long time ago. Um, and it got to the point where not, well, aside from the fact that me handwriting notes was holding up orders, um, and service is so important to me that I did decide that you know, if, if orders in my, in my opinion, if you order before the cutoff, your order ships out that day, not in my opinion, in my policy, the cutoff is usually around 3.30 every day, 3.30 PM, um, Eastern. So if you order before 3.30 PM, generally your order will ship out that day. Um, and if you know, you're after the cutoff, it'll go out the next day. We never, never sit on something more than one shipping day. So if you order Monday night, it ships out on Tuesday. Um, and that stayed true even when I was handwriting notes, by the way. I was just up really late handwriting notes so that things could go out. Um, again, not probably the best use of my time, but it was just really, really important to me. It was so important to me. Um, so I made time for it and I did it until um, until it caught up with me, until it just became clear that, you know, it wasn't, until it became clear that I wasn't going to be able to meet you know, that shipping deadline. And I decided that the shipping deadline is much more important. I know that the shipping deadline is much more important. And if I'm being perfectly honest, this was a lot more about my feelings than yours. Um, so I, what I actually did, and someone actually, uh, a couple, I think it was like two or three different, different lovely suggested this to me. Um, I hand wrote a note and then had the handwritten note printed. So you're still getting something handwritten. Um, it's just not quite as personalized. And, and that's what goes into the orders now. And I gotta say as much as, 
as much as I miss doing the handwritten notes, and I'm not saying that I'm never gonna, you know, throw one in here or there, um, I still, I'm, I am proud of myself for recognizing that this wasn't working and changing, um, you know, and reevaluating. In a lot of ways, it's a, a, a little tiny course correction for me, for things in the, in the past. So that was, you know, definitely, definitely something I was proud of, I guess I could say. Um, and then another thing that we did, and I have no idea if this is interesting, but I am fascinated by logistics. So I'm going to talk about this for a minute. Um, we switched over the way that we store inventory here. And that's also because getting, you know, getting products out. So, um, as quickly as possible, um, and within one day is really important to us. So, um, we switched from, from hung to folded, um, which meant that we got rid of the racks and put in cubbies and, you know, looked over everything there. And it's awesome. It makes packing so much easier because everything's already folded. Um, and it also allows us to store more, which um, is really great because, you know, I stock 12 sizes. So um, sizes do go fast and this allows us to keep a little bit more inventory of each size. So that's really special as well. Um, and it also is just allows for a better kind of overall view of what we have. So that's also just another way that I'm kind of proud of the fact that we recognized that something wasn't working and improved it. Oh, another thing that I learned from pre-orders, and this is something that I'm going to get annoyed when I talk about this, but here we are. When you, okay, so pre-orders don't sell out, right? So the whole point of pre-orders is that they don't sell out. And then I know um, how many to, um, how many to make and which styles are going to be more popular among, amongst which sizes so that I can gradiate. You know, I don't make the same amount of each size so that, you know, if I see that a particular style is super popular, which let's say size like I don't know, 14, 16, then I can make more of those. Um, if a style is super popular among sizes like 22, 24, I can make more of those like that. Um, the pre-order numbers, because they can't sell out, you know, because basically everyone can just order their size, I can really get an idea for which sizes would order if my inventory was unlimited in a sense, because for the window of the pre-order, the inventory is unlimited because then I go and make it afterwards. And what I found from analyzing the pre-order numbers, um, which is something that I do after every pre-order and, and periodically just to kind of be mindful of the trends and, um, you know, what, you know, it's always, it's always good to know which, which sizes are the most popular. There's a peak at size 10, 12, meaning my most popular size that I sell is actually size 18. Um, and then from there, the second most popular size is size, um, is 16. Uh, is 16 and 20 those are about the same and then the third are 10 and 12 and what that means is that there's like this trough where size 14 is not super popular um and sizes like 24 not 24 excuse me size 14 and then size 24 are not as are not as popular um but there's this weird peak at 10, 12. What I would expect to see is that I would expect sizes to get bigger as sizes get more popular as they get bigger, excuse me. And I found it strange that I saw this huge jump at around 10, 12. And then I realized something. The, <laughs> there is absolutely no politically correct way to say this. So I'm just going to say it. Um, sizing on most modest brands, specifically Jewish ones, is whack. And around size 10, 12 is when you get cut out. Um, I know this because I've been around size 10, 12 my entire life. Um, you know, between like 10, 
I've been like between an eight and a 14 basically my entire life. And I could not shop in Jewish stores growing up because my size 12 self couldn't fit into the largest. So this pisses me off. <laughs> this is, I, I have to say that like, there's like, I knew this to be true, right? We know this to be true. We know that there's this problem with sizing in the modest industry. And we know that um, there's this problem with consistency. And we know that there's problem with inclusivity and all of that. Like we know that all of those issues are true. I have the data to back it up. <laughs> I literally have the numbers that back up that say that if we would provide these clothes, people would buy them. And I know this because I provide the clothes and people buy them. And and honestly, it it hurt. Like it was I was so upset by it and it and it made me so sad because I still can't figure out what the point is. Like, are we just so determined to tell women, specifically Orthodox women, that they must be tiny in order to be pretty, that we're not even going to give them clothes? Like, are we just so fixated on that? Are we so committed to that as a, as an ideal, as a goal, as a bringer of purpose that like, we're really still not going to do this. And by the way, I've been doing this for a while. I started the company in November of 16. Like, you think people would have caught on by now, but apparently not. Um, and one of the things that I realized is that to be inclusive, specifically when it comes to size, you have to care. You have to, yeah, you have to care. Um, meaning, like, well, let's talk about the consistency issue for a second. The fact that, like, most modest extra larges fit, like, a regular small is a technical issue. Um, that's because most of these brands are started by people who see a good business opportunity or themselves have, like, a flair for fashion but don't really understand how clothing is constructed. So they don't really understand the size chart when they're looking at it and they just go with whatever is you know, told to them or they don't have, or they have poor quality control over their production. So some, so stuff shows up smaller, things like that. With that, they, you know, that's, that's a technical issue in, in a way, this, um, the consistency issue and the, the fact that things were really small, those are all technical problems. The inclusiveness issue is, I think, a failure of caring I think it's a failure of I mean I could be kind and say it's a failure of noticing um but frankly there's been so much conversation around this over specifically over like the last three years or so that at this point come on you have to know about this um that it's just not like at this point I'm done trying to convince other people that they should be inclusive. Um, it was never really my goal. Uh, my goal was always to just give great women great clothes. Um, but it's, it just made me so mad. <laughs> it still makes me so mad. And it's also just dumb, by the way, uh, because more people are bigger than they are smaller. And those people also need clothes. So just don't be dumb. But it's, ah, uh, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. It's so stupid. And by the way, it affects me when I shop, you know, on the, I don't shop for special occasion pieces because I have my collection. Um, and I rarely shop for everyday pieces, but when I have, like when I do have something that I'm, that I need to find, it is difficult for me to find that in a modest space. Or I can't tell you the number of times that I've seen a modest dress 
on some influencer or on a friend or, or whatever. And then I'll go look at the sizing and I'll be like, oh, your extra large doesn't fit me. And I wear a size 12. And your extra large is the largest size that you give. So, oh, well, I guess there's nothing for me. Um, and, and it's, and it just makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. It makes me so annoyed because there's just no reason for it. There's really no reason for it. Um, being inclusive pays for itself, literally. Um, so please don't tell me that it's more expensive to produce an inclusive collection. Yes, it is more expensive to produce an inclusive collection and not doing so is being penny wise and pound foolish. Okay, now I need to stop ranting on this because I'm going to say something that I will regret. Um, but yeah, that's definitely, that was definitely something that I learned from pre-orders was just, you know, having this raw sizing data was actually really, really interesting. And the other thing that I love, love, love about pre-orders, not necessarily about pre-orders, but just about the way that I've been running the collection since I started doing pre-orders is I don't do collections anymore. I do pieces, meaning I think of the collection as a whole um, and I think of it as a constantly evolving thing and I launch pieces. I launch one dress at a time. I launch one wardrobe piece at a time and that for me on the creative end first of all allows me to focus on really good pieces you know I'm thinking of things like the all-american dress which is a fantastic classic shirt dress classic denim shirt dress that has so many little details in it that make it perfect specifically for the modest wearer and something like that would probably get lost if I was launching you know 10-15 pieces at a time and I know for myself at my own capacity, I would not have been able to make that dress as good as it is. And it is freaking fantastic. I am not ashamed to toot my own horn on that one. It would be, it's so, it is, it would not be as good as it is if I was had to be focusing on 10, 15 pieces at a time. You know, the fact that I've scaled back the number of pieces that I release every year, but have scaled up the quality and attention to detail, which was always high, but is now crazy high. It's now off the charts is is something that I'm really proud of and it's something that to me is just so much more exciting um and it's allowed me to really be thoughtful about you know what are the pieces in my wardrobe that I need what are the pieces in my life that I'm missing what is what are the times when I'm thinking you know I could really use something to fit this um and how can I serve that and that has been really 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 good um and just really fun to do on a I don't know just on a creative level and and I know that the collection as a whole is better for it um I know that you know I love the fact that every single piece that you can buy on the site right now is a winner there are no throwaway pieces they're all just really really good and that makes me really happy so yeah some of the new pieces uh, that are that are you know new on the site now um you know in this pre-Pesach spring um space first we have the lightweight snuggle dress and that is well the snuggle dress was my perfect version of a sweater dress um that i put out this winter and the original version was made from this really cozy sweater knit and it was a super popular style that um i had a lot of requests to bring in a lightweight version you know a, a spring version basically so that's what the that's what the lightweight snuggle dress is it comes in three colors um, oatmeal, heather gray, and charcoal. The heather gray, I don't think it's completely sold out. I think there might be a handful in some select sizes. 
Um, there's nice stock on the charcoal. I think the oatmeal is also a little bit scattered on, on sizing, but definitely it's worth checking out. And the style of this is a cocoon body shape. So what that basically means is that it kind of tapers in at the hem, um, which creates this really, really flattering body. It is also beyond comfortable. I have been living in it the past couple of days and it's a good, you know, I've been throwing it on on Shabbos to run to a friend and I've been throwing it on during the week to run to the grocery. It washes really well. Um, so it's just a really great all around piece. It's this beautiful rib knit and it's got this beautiful puff sleeve detail. Um, and the puff sleeve detail is actually based on the pleating detail that's in the middle of the blossom dress, which is a, also a great, um, a great Pesach option. So the blossom dress is a um, it's a sheath style dress with a straight-ish skirt that has a top that kind of billows over, drapes, and has this cross pleating. Um, and I took that same cross pleating and used it in the sleeve of the snuggle dress, or I modified it, but it was, you know, a version of that. Um, and the, the thing about the blossom dress that's available in two fantastic prints, you've got the gemstone print that I designed thank you very much. And the purple floral print, um, that we've still got a couple of pieces left on that. Um, and the blossom dress is also one of those styles that is just really universally flattering because the waist combined with the, um, what's it called? Like the waist combined with the draping detail is just really, really, really just, it draws the eye in. It's just really, really special that way. Um, and it's a great um, holiday look. The, what else is really good for a holiday? Oh, of course, we have the um, gemstone flutter dress, which is that best-selling flutter dress um, in the gemstone print that I designed. It's a silkier material than previous flutter dresses have been in. And it's just a really, it's, it's just a different take on it. You know, it's a, the, you know, the original foil floral flutter that was the first print of it is, um, you know, that was something different. You know, that was something that was, um, that was, I guess we could say it just, I just prints. I love prints. Um, and it was, it was just the first time that I brought in a print and the gemstone is just that great print, um, in, in the style that everyone loves of the flutter dress, which has this beautiful flutter sleeve with a lining inside for coverage. That's a great option as well. Um, and then for Cholmite, you've got the All-American dress, that classic denim shirt dress that's really good. Obviously, the Sunkle dresses are great for Cholmite. Um, You've got the most perfect pleated skirt. Those are great. Um, yeah, and if you want to go dressier, you've got, um, not for Cholmite, but I would say like for Seder night, if you're doing a very fancy Seder, you could do slip dresses. Um, if you're thinking already about post-Pesach wedding, slip dresses are fantastic for that. Um, and there's just, there's there's lots of great options. Oh, the ready topper. Hello, of course. How could I forget? Um, the ready topper is also really great for a Seder, especially because you can make it really comfortable by whatever you put underneath it. So like think about like a stretchy pencil skirt and a t-shirt and then throw the ready topper on top. And then even if you're at a very fancy Seder, then you can still be really comfy. So that's, that's a great option as well. Um, that's what we have going on for Pesach. Everything that is going to be available um, for Pesach is available on the site now. It's already up and everything ships out really, really quickly. This is your week to order. Um, we are going to be shipping up until Pesach. We will not be shipping um, during Pesach. We'll be closed during that time. Um, 
But if you want to have time to, you know, try stuff on, ask your questions, all of that, this is the time to do it. This is the week that you're going to want to do that. So um, impactfashionnyc.com is your place to see all of this. Um, and yeah, that's that's what I have to say. And uh, And I hope you enjoy the collection and all the new pieces. And as always, if you have any questions, then you can reach out. Um, I'm happy to assist with you know style sizing all of that jazz um and you know if you have any questions about what styles might work for you or you know what size you should get and all of that then I'm always happy to answer it as a reminder if you own anything from the collection the entire collection runs the same so if you own a dress in a size 20 and you're looking at another dress get the size 20 if you own a medium get a medium um if you're not sure what size you are then feel free to email me reach out to me on Instagram and I'm happy to help you figure out um what works so Thank you for listening. The Be Impactful Podcast is a project of Impact Fashion, the clothing line I created because I believe that we are all deserving of beautiful things life has to offer. See my modest designs that are available in sizes 2 through 24 by going to impactfashionnyc.com. Access all of that, including the new Pesach collection, by swiping up on the cover art. There are currently 16 people listed by Ora Agunot as a recalcitrant party. View their names, photos, locations, and details of their cases by visiting getora.org slash recalcitrant-parties. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Fatman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifki Atkowitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to make an impact.